When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. The Browns wrapped up mandatory minicamp on Thursday morning. Uh, we were at practice. We heard from a bunch of position coaches as well after practice. Uh, so another busy day in Berea, and I thought here at the end of minicamp, I put up a post. Uh, I picked three minicamp winners. I thought maybe we can do that here on the podcast to pick out three winners. And it doesn't have to just be minicamp if you want to make it the entire offseason program, too. Uh, we can do that. But just kind of three spring winners for the Browns. Or it doesn't have to be three. We'll just kind of go here for a little while. Mary Kay, why don't you start us off? Give us a winner here from the spring. Are we allowed to say Deshaun Watson? Or Absolutely. We... That was that was my first. That was the first <laughs> name I mentioned in my three winners post. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know about your three winners post yet. Um, so I'm going to say Deshaun Watson. I mean, my goodness, he did look terrific, and we know we have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But you know, it should be put on the money in OTAs and in minicamp. You should be connecting with your receivers in the back of the end zone in minicamp and OTAs. You should look really sharp. Your footwork should look great. You should look like you're in great shape. You should be uh, looking like you're on top of everything and leading everybody and running the show. And he looks that way. Uh, He looks in control. He looks, uh, you know, just completely in his element. He looks like he's very, very confident and poised to return to his Pro Bowl form. So, he had a great day on Tuesday. Like it was, I mean, people were booking Super Bowl hotel rooms on Tuesday after that performance. I mean, it, and it was great. I mean, he was on the money. Everything was on time. It was, it was a great practice day. He was not as great on Wednesday and Thursday, but only because there's no way you were going to replicate that practice multiple days in a row, especially as you're installing things. But the thing is, throughout both of those practices, things were on time. Things were accurate. Just everything still looked really good. And Ashley, it was just a OTAs mini camp. You just saw a more confident Deshaun Watson, a better Deshaun Watson, a guy just more in control of this offense, talking to receivers between reps, just all of those things. He started to look like what we expected Deshaun Watson to look like. Yeah, I mean, I think throughout the week, we just kind of saw his like comfortability kind of increase. And it's something he's been talking about. Uh, But I really do think like you see him being comfortable, being more authoritative, like you said, talking to guys uh, throughout practice and and making sure they know where to go, what they should be doing. But it's also like just about knowing the system better now and having a system that's more suited to him and kind of finding his groove again. Obviously, last year, coming off of that long, long layoff that at the time was like about a year and a half layoff um, away from from meaningful snaps of any kind. So I definitely think you saw that throughout the week. And and I mean, it helps again. We've talked about this, that like he has a bunch of new weapons in this pass catching core to kind of help him do all those things too. Mary Kay, how much 
do you think it matters? Maybe we've asked this question on the pod already this week, but I don't care. It's worth revisiting. How, how much do you think it matters that everybody just knows like this is the guy now? This is, I mean, obviously I knew he was the guy long-term last year, but ne- like he's the guy week one. He's going to be the guy going out there starting week one. He's going to be the guy going out there starting week one next year. Like this sort of feels like, even though last year was, really year one and i don't know that they necessarily should get a pass on last year this this is real this really feels like okay now the deshaun watson experiment or whatever you want to call it the deshaun watson era is really starting yeah i mean it just is it's completely different when he says everything is new everything is new including his situation everything is completely different last year was weird i mean it was obviously you know, tragic for some people and awful for some people. And from a football standpoint, it was just a very uncomfortable, bizarre, weird situation in Berea to know that, uh, you know, you have this quarterback that is not going to be starting the season for you, that is going to be out for a number of games. And, you know, you had to divide up reps and loyalties and chemistries and all that kind of stuff. And now everybody is pulling in the same direction. Everybody's singing from the same hymnal and all those other cute little phrases that we've ever heard. Uh, You know, it's all about Deshaun Watson. And I think that's why I ended up getting caught up somewhat in the whole DeAndre Hopkins thing, because if Deshaun Watson is out there saying, I want DeAndre Hopkins here, uh, it just seemed like, you know, they're bending over backwards these days to make him happy. So I just really kind of got caught up in the notion uh, that they would try to go out there and at least explore, seriously consider signing his good friend and his former favorite target from the Texans. But, uh, you know, this season, this offseason has been all about the making of or the remaking, the remaking of Deshaun Watson, the rehabilitation of Deshaun Watson. As he continues his off-the-field rehabilitation, the Browns have worked very hard for his on-the-field reputa- rehabilitation. And it includes a bunch of new pass catchers. It, in- it includes revamping the quarterback room to the point where you put Alex Van Pelt in as his quarterback's coach. Uh, you know, everything is geared towards making sure he can be successful. And once again, even a good defense is in large part about helping your offense and your quarterback. Yeah. And, and Ashley, just seeing him just be in control, you could just, you could feel the difference. You, you know, I'll never forget just how, how funky it was last year to stand there and count reps. How many times is Jacoby Brissett taking a rep? How many, you know, like tracking that as we go along. And and then of course, you know, every press conference with Deshaun as it should have been was centered around you know, all of these, these civil cases that hadn't been settled yet. And that was really still the story. And it just, it, it's almost impossible to quantify how different it felt this year than last year. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, we spent how much time during mini camp OTAs and training camp, just counting the number of reps. I mean, I still definitely have my old notebook down here at my desk and it definitely has all of that in it. Like it's totally different. And again, like, I mean, I think that just kind of goes to show how much everything is, is everything is different as Deshaun Watson said yesterday, right? Like I do think that we're seeing that even though things aren't going at full speed, but I think that also goes back to his different demeanor. 
um, the different energy about him, the way he's, you know, doing his little celebrations when he makes a big pass, like all those things we've gotten to see over the last three-ish weeks in minicamp and OTAs. And yeah, I mean, I think that's where you want to be if you're him in terms of, of your football acumen at this point and your knowledge of this system and all those new pieces around him help him do all that too. So it's not the full picture yet, but again, it's better than the alternative, the magic phrase. Okay, let's uh, let's keep picking winners. Ashley, give us one. Yeah, the first guy I thought of um, for this, and it's because I feel like he's just been everywhere, and maybe it's because I've been keeping like my eye on him a bit more, but I'm going to go with Marquise Goodwin, and I know he was one of the two receivers that you mentioned, Dan, but I just think he continues to just kind of be a really, really interesting guy. I mean, I wrote the story about his background, like knowing that he's a former Olympian and why he says he does a lot of this for for his sister, he told us last week, um, who was born with cerebral palsy and has never walked a day in her life, and she lived with him for you know, a long period of time after he got uh, drafted by the Bills a few years or back at the beginning of his career, I think. So it it just is he's interesting in general, but you add that speed portion of his game, and it was something they didn't have. And even though he's 33 years old, he's such like a vertical threat still that every time you bring up his age with his teammates, the pretty common answer is, well, I had no idea he was 33, but... Like, and I think that says a lot about how he plays. And and when he's out there and he makes a big play, like, I just love him. He's so animated. Like, he's not afraid to celebrate. And, um, you know, I think Chad O'Shea talked a little bit about this today when we talked to the position coaches. Like, a lot of, and I've written about this, that receiver room is so quiet. It must be, like, one of the most quiet rooms in the NFL. Amari Cooper is very, like, I don't know if soft-spoken is the right word, but he doesn't feel the need to be, you know, super in your face and grandiose and, and all those things. Donovan Peoples-Jones is very shy, does not speak. David Bell's pretty quiet. We, you know, have seen Cedric Tillman be pretty quiet so far as well. The Browns kind of describe him as a guy who likes to do his work before he talks. But Marquise, like, does his work, but is more like energy, outward energy to me. And I like the dynamic he brings. I think he's made some great plays in OTA, OTAs and minicamp. Um, and he brings them something they didn't have. And I think we've seen him and Deshaun gel really well together. Mary Kay, as Ashley was talking about that, it just reminded me when we were out there at that first practice and they were doing red zone, Juan Thornhill was standing behind. He was not on the field on defense and neither was Marquise. So Juan Thornhill <laughs> was standing behind the goalpost kind of. Marquise was standing with the offense and the two were just going back and forth, just barking at each other and just just getting after each other, which is something we haven't always seen kind of in these camps with these quieter receivers. Um, we have seen it in other camps uh, before, like, you know, when Odell and Jarvis and, and that crew was around. Marquise definitely brings that that kind of edge and that sort of, I don't know, a little cockiness, a little meanness, a little nastiness to, to that receiver room, along with some like legitimate speed. Yeah, it's so bizarre to have a receiver room without any divas in it. I mean, you know, usually there's three, four, five divas in a receiver room. Uh, you know, I, I certainly have uh, 
had, you know, so many, many diva receivers that I've covered over the years that, you know, I enjoy them. It's, it's probably my favorite position to cover just in terms of uh, the, the personalities that usually show up in the doorstep. So I've always enjoyed covering the Odell's and, uh, you know, even the, to the, to a certain extent, Josh Gordon at the times when he wasn't off the rails and, uh, you know, so many of these guys have been really fun to cover, but, yeah, Marquise Goodwin, he has the uh he's got the it factor. He's got that it factor. And they needed that kind of energy bump in the room. They they needed it. And uh he's got great character and and he will bring it up, you know, he he'll ramp up uh the vibe in that room. And that's you know, that's what they needed. And you can kind of see that it really has been a little bit contagious. It's sort of spilling over. And I think Elijah Moore has that in him too. I think Elijah has some uh dynamic personality in him. And, and I think that's having an impact as well. So, um, you know, that's what they needed. They needed to wake up a little bit in there. And I think it's happening. And he's, he's such kind of a chess piece in all of this too, because like he doesn't have to go out and have 800 receiving yards and 50 catches or, but if, if he's just a threat, if he's just a guy, let's say he ends the year with, I don't know, 30 catches for 380 yards or something, you know, a couple of deep ball, whatever it is, just him walking out on that field, just number 19 walking out on that field and the things he's going to do, because now a defense has to adjust. Okay. We got to make sure we have this guy covered. We got to make sure he's not going to run by us. Maybe it opens up something underneath. Maybe it opens up running lanes for Nick Chubb. There's just so many things that can happen when he walks onto the field and the defense has to pay attention to number 19 in the huddle and figure out where he is and figure out how to account for that. Um, like he doesn't have to be your second leading receiver. He just has to be that threat. And we we've seen it, Ashley, that that one day at OTAs when he made those two spectacular plays, we've seen what he's able to do. Yeah, and an all-time celebration after the one of them, Dan. I know you posted a video of it afterwards. Uh, but again, that just kind of speaks to his personality. And yes, like, I mean, an, a guy like him, like, it's an acquisition that, okay, he's he's not coming here to be, like, a thousand-yard receiver, obviously, right? But, like, it's for the good of the group. And we kind of talked about this, you know, when we were throwing around the DeAndre Hopkins idea and, you know, whether Amari Cooper would be okay with something like that. It's like, if Marquise Goodwin is out there, again, it makes it harder for defenses to, like, game plan. And it's like, okay, we can't, like, just double Amari Cooper or whatever because we got to worry about this guy getting behind our defense and like being the fastest player on the field, even though he's 33. So I think that's just why, again, like you want your receivers to have different skill sets. So you can kind of like mix and match based, based on matchups and um, things like that. So overall, I mean, I just think, again, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be a pro bowler, but he's going to add something different that you didn't have. All right. My winner is I'll go with the other guy I mentioned. Again, I did this thing where I said three winners from Brown's minicamp, and I actually picked four guys because I snuck in two receivers in one entry. <laughs> Elijah, Elijah Moore, he's he's one of the big winners from this spring. And it kind of became a social media thing uh, of people wanting to see Deshaun Watson throwing to Elijah Moore. And it certainly lived up to the hype. Uh, all the different things they're going to do with Elijah Moore, again, just to use that that term, he's a chess piece. They're going to line him up in a bunch of different places. 
Um, you got Amari Cooper on the outside, Donovan Peoples-Jones on the outside, and then you can kind of do whatever you want with Elijah Moore. You can put him on the outside if you want in some snaps. Um, there's just so many different things you can do. And, and Mary Kay, the, the idea that he was going to have a breakout season, you know, obviously when the trade happened, was getting floated around and thrown out there. And this spring did nothing to kind of throw water on that. It, this, is, this looks like a guy who could actually have that breakout season. Yeah, he's been really fun to watch in OTAs and in minicamp. Uh, he looks really sharp. You can tell he's really, really happy. He knows he's got an amazing quarterback throwing him the ball. I think he's really starting to see the possibilities of what he can become in the NFL. I have to wonder if uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be lamenting the fact that they traded Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns for nothing more than trading down from number two. 42 to number 74 overall from the second round of the third round of the draft. Uh, he's looked really good. Um, as you guys have mentioned, uh, we're seeing him do some really cool things. Uh, they're they're going to be very, very creative with him. Uh, you know, you'll see him running, you know, I'm sure he'll run some jet sweeps. I mean, he's, he's going to do a bunch of, of different things. And uh, when I was asking Chad O'Shea, the receivers coach, about him today, at uh, at minicamp, he did talk about uh, the fact that he can track the ball at any level of on any level of the field anywhere. He can go uh, with the underneath stuff, and he can go deep. So you can do so many different things with him. You, it's not like you just know that you know that he's just going to be your slot receiver. That's not what this is going to be. He can play on the outside. He can play on the inside. He can line up basically anywhere. He can run reverses. Uh, he can run jet sweeps. He can do anything that you need him to do. I'm guessing he can probably throw the ball if you need him to do that. Um, so it's going to be really fun to watch him and to see him blossom. Because when a team believes in you, you have a tendency to reach your potential. And I think he's going to be dynamite here. Yeah, Ashley, just, I mean, watching Elijah Moore, just a guy living up to the hype, and a guy doing what you wanted him to do in the spring, sort of like Deshaun. You wanted him to show up, complete passes, not see the football on the ground. Elijah Moore showed up, caught a bunch of footballs, did exactly what you wanted him to do in the spring. Yeah, and again, I mean, it's just that ability to kind of move around, right? Like, he's he's super versatile, and he has speed on top of it. And not just being fast, like, linearly, but football speed as well and knowing how to be quick in a game and get to his spot. So again, I think like you saw that kind of connection developing between him and Deshaun Watson in these practices that we've been out there. And there hasn't been a similar guy here uh, before him in the last year. So I think that's really promising. I think like the fact that he can play in multiple spots, that's obviously just going to help him get on the field um, kind of regardless of what else would happen in that receiver room because he can do so much and, and do a lot of different things for you. Okay, let's take a break. We'll throw out a couple more winners uh, when we come back. Back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kate Cabot, Ashley Bastock, uh, wrapping up mandatory mini camp. Uh, training camp is next for this football team. So, any more winners that uh, that either of you want to throw out, uh, Mary Kay, Ash, whoever you have, just throw somebody out there for us. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's... you know what? We should go. You go ahead, Ashley. I was going to say, if we're going to talk about the defense, we should do the guy, the other guy that Dan included, which is Zadarius <laughs> Smith. 
And I think that, you know, again, it's like you kind of talk about these practices. I think they definitely always basically favor the offense because the defense can't hit them. They can't do anything in their full power to stop an offense. But I think what was really exciting for me was just seeing, again, you talk about Elijah Moore being so versatile and where he can line up. That's the Darius Smith for me on the defensive line. We saw him line up inside. We saw some really cool packages that they were using um, with, you know, more than two edge rushers out there. I think it's just, it just kind of adds to knowing that he has this versatility about him. And even hearing from Dalvin Tomlinson this week, who played with him in Minnesota last year, talking about like knowing how, if he brought it up unprompted, like how, you know, forceful Zadarius can be coming from the interior and what it's like to line up next to him there. So that to me, even though the defense is like a big, well, but in OTAs and minicamp, he was still kind of like a shining light for me. Yeah, you don't really get to see the defense do a lot, but some of it is just kind of seeing the shape of the defense, Mary Kay. And Zadarius Smith playing on the inside was one of those things that uh, that we actually saw in action. I mean, just today we, we saw it as they were going through some walkthrough stuff. We saw Zadarius Smith on the inside uh, late, late in practice. So that's going to be a big part of what this team does as they try and get guys on the field. Yeah, and you know what? Rome wasn't built in a day, but I'll tell you what. They overhauled that defensive line this offseason. I mean, they really did. You look out there, it doesn't even remotely resemble the defensive line of 2022, in which, of course, as we all know, Miles Garrett was the only one who could get a sack, basically. Um, So it's completely different. It is going to be a sight to behold, uh, to, to be able to get... Uh, Miles and Zadarius and Oboe and Dalvin out there at the same time, and then roll in all the other guys that you have added to this defensive line. It's, you know, this is what Jim Schwartz needed. This is what you do when you bring in a Jim Schwartz. You give him the tools that he needs to succeed. So, you know, I mean, you couldn't have brought a guy like that in and then just, you know, given him what he had, you know, what Joe Woods had to work with last year, that, that wasn't going to fly. And, you know, just Zedarius and Miles alone, uh, I, I just think that combo is, is going to be dynamite. And I really, I wrote about this today. If we, you know, Miles, Miles said his theme of 2023 was to have some fun. Uh, and the way that I wrote the story was, you know, at the time he said that, he didn't know he was getting a Zadarius Smith dropped in, into his lap. I mean, what's more fun than Zadarius Smith? I mean, he is, uh, you know, he's got a great personality. I think he's going to bring out the, uh, you know, that that playful side of Miles. I, I wrote this in the story, too. The way that Kareem Hunt used to do that for Nick Chubb. I think Z is going to be that for Miles. And I think that's important. Miles wants to have fun. He should have fun. He's heading into his seventh season. He's had a lot of serious issues that have happened, uh, including flipping the Porsche last year multiple times and potentially, you know, not walking away from, from that very serious accident. And so he's grateful to be alive. And I think he just wants to enjoy every moment and savor it. And I think he almost, you know, he, he also probably sees the light at the end of the tunnel. I think he realizes that he doesn't have, 10 years left, you know, that he has, you know, that it's finite for him. And so I think he does want to have fun. And I think uh, Zadarius has, um, has the right demeanor to
to bring that out in him. And I think that's probably going to ultimately prove to be one of the best things about Z's acquisition. And I think Oboe is the same way too. Dan, you got an opportunity to talk to Oboe and you found out a lot about him and he, he's got a great personality too. And I, I just think the, just the chemistry and the character of the defense is changing right before our eyes. Yeah. Oboe's a pretty fun guy. And I've, I've talked to some other folks about him and he's, he's a pretty, um, he's a pretty, uh, fun loving guy. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, there's, I, I think fans are really going to like him if, if they get to know him a little bit. And like you said, Z's got a great personality. Dalvin's got a great personality and you know, what's really fun sacking the quarterback and winning a bunch of football games. That's a great way to, to have a lot of fun. Anybody else? We can we can wrap here if we want. It can be a, a short podcast, but if there's somebody else, we could go ahead, Mary Kay. You know, let's go Juan Thornhill, right? Yeah, I was thinking him. Um, uh, I mean, if you were out watching practice, you were hearing Juan Thornhill, weren't you? I mean, you were hearing him say funny things. You were hearing him get people lined up in the right places. Uh, you were seeing him interact with, uh, you know, interact with receivers as you talked about. Um, you know, he, he's just, he, he's bringing it. He's, he's bringing the heat and, uh, and that's something that they desperately needed as well. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to help transform the back end. I think he's bringing up the, uh, you know, just the energy level, the level of play, the culture, uh, I think paired with Rodney McLeod, I think, uh, Rodney and Juan Thornhill will help set the tone back there a little bit. And uh, I think guys will fall in line a little bit with some of the stuff they're seeing from those two. And, uh, and I think he's a clear winner. Yeah. So um, we got to talk to position coaches today. One of them was Ephraim Banda. And he said about Juan's energy um, when he gets in the room, he's all business. So, you know, cause I, I had asked him, is he as loud in the building as he is on the field? And he says, you know what he is, but when he gets in the room, he's all business. He's an amazing energy guy, but he knows how to use it when it's necessary. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting quote. And Ashley, you um, asked kind of about how the safeties were being used too. Yeah. And we've saw a little glimpse of that throughout minicamp as well. Yeah. I mean, when we think about last year's scheme, it's like, you know, JJ three was your, your primary free safety and Grant was your strong safety, but they have not been playing that way at all so far. Um, it's been kind of interesting. I mean, Ephraim Banda went so far as to say, like, we've had no free or strong safety um, in these practices. And that's basically what Juan Thornhill said during OTAs, too, that it was just like a left, a guy on the left and a guy on the right. And sometimes, you know, you would see Juan up closer to the line of scrimmage, I think in those nickel packages, and you'd see Grant playing deep. Like, they they move those guys around, and we're not used to kind of seeing Grant Delpit do that. And, you know, Ephraim Bana made a really good point. Like, I thought it was interesting because I've never thought about it like this, but it makes sense that, number one, like, there's a practical X's and O's reason for them doing that right now. And it's so that guys can learn the different positions and the event that they get shorthanded, you know, with injuries later on. They're not teaching a guy a brand new position in November or December. But, like, it's also, he said, like, a way to help keep them focused, which, like, I think is really interesting and makes sense because, you're not going out on the field and doing the same exact thing every time in these practices where let's be real. It's May or it's, it's June. I don't, I don't even know what month it is. guys. It's October. It's, it's October. It's, 
it's after it's after Memorial Day. It's like summer. It's, it's June. <laughs> Some of these practices have been happening in May, though. In my defense, like again, I as you can tell by me not even knowing what month we are in, things could get kind of monotonous at this stage, right? Like. So I like that idea of like kind of keeping them on their toes because I also think there's like a practical purpose to that. Like, right. Like anytime we have to do some thinking on our toes, it it helps us in our job. So um, I think that's true of of them as well. Okay. There we go. Our winners from uh, Brown's off season program, Brown's mandatory mini camp. Uh, So that is wrapped up. The Browns will take a little break here uh, before they open training camp a little bit earlier this year. Uh, in the middle, middle-ish of July, um, they will be at the Greenbrier to start things, uh, and then the longest Brown season ever will will kick off um, with them playing in the Hall of Fame game and all of that. We're not going anywhere, though. We're still going to be here doing the podcast five days a week, so just make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll still be sending out that newsletter every day. We'll still be texting, all that good stuff. So make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber as well. Go to Cleveland.com slash Browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page to get info on that. And also get subscribed to our YouTube channel. Look for Cleveland Browns on Cleveland.com on YouTube. I told you I'm addicted to shorts. I've posted a bunch of shorts, highlights, all sorts of stuff. Uh, go, uh, go check those out.